listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hello and welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL Show your first listen every Tuesday and Friday. We're free and available on all platforms, now including YouTube. My name is Mary Clark, staff writer for The Win, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mary C. Clark. I'm here with Andrew Berkshire, NHL analyst for the Montreal Gazette and host of Game Over Montreal on the SCPN. You can follow on Twitter at Andrew Berkshire. On this Friday edition of the Crosscheck, the series between the Maple Leafs and Lightning has yet to disappoint, as the series is tied up 1-1 going to Tampa. We'll also discuss the Predators getting absolutely pulverized in their opening game to the Avalanche and the chaos of the Rangers and Penguin series, but unfortunately, we have to touch on an uncomfortable topic as Mike Ribeiro has been charged with sexual assault yet again. So, Andrew, before we start off today's show, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Busy day. Uh, we're recording late because I had to run to Costco in between podcasts. So I've got uh, chicken in my teeth and I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be one of those weird shows. Obviously, when we talk about the Ribeiro stuff, it'll probably be a bit be a bit more you know calm but i I can feel the little chaotic energy here today andrew maybe it's because uh we're recording on thursday so it's you know the technically my friday so you know after this i have work and then it's you know i'm relaxing i'm gonna go see um uh dr strange in the multiverse of madness on friday morning so yeah so we're both going to be seeing it so uh definitely a little bit of chaotic energy but also because the playoffs have started andrew we've gotten some really good nights of playoff hockey and that's the one of like we're going to spend most of this episode talking about it unfortunately since we are recording on thursday we are going to be missing the slate of games on thursday nights so that's what the panthers cap series predators avalanche uh pens rangers who's the who's and the stars last? flames stars flames thank you so we'll be missing those we're going to talk though about the biggest stories um and you know so far um I, some series are proceeding how I thought and some series are not, but we're going to talk at least first about the two series that, you know, have had some really interesting stuff happen. So it is the Maple Leafs and the Lightning who, you know, are tied 1-1. Um, the two games could not have been more opposite of one another in terms of vibes, I think, because uh, the Maple Leafs won game one five nothing and everybody was convinced they were going to win the stanley cup and then game two rolled around and then the lightning won. what was it five three uh yeah five three so yeah yeah, it's been a tale of two games uh there was also a huge huge hit from kyle clifford that uh earned a suspension uh so there's been a lot of chaos in this series but definitely been one of the more fun ones to watch in terms of just you know general atmosphere uh like i know game one was a blowout but it was probably really fun if you were a toronto maple leafs fan uh just because like it it was a blowout in game one and you're like this is a great way to start off but you know things have been reined a little bit back in uh and you know if you believe in the momentum thing tampa has all the momentum coming into game three because they tied the series up and the series is going back to tampa uh so uh how have you been enjoying uh this series so far andrew I've loved it. I feel like game one was especially great for Leafs fans because when you look at how the penalties were distributed, it sure it felt as a Leafs fan. I'm sure like the fix was in right. <laughs> Le- the lightning just kept getting power play after power play after power play. A lot of chintzy calls, which frankly carried over into game two as well. But the Leafs penalty kill was outstanding. They had a five minute major on Clifford that they had to kill off in the first period that absolutely set the tone for the game. The, the Leafs not only killed that off, they severely outchanced the Lightning on that uh, on that uh, penalty kill. I believe they outshot them three to nothing mm-hmm. on a five minute uh, penalty kill. And all three of the Leafs uh, shots were great scoring chances. And then to on top of that, blow the Lightning out of the water and just make them look terrible oh, in yeah. that game, uh, you know, made Victor Hedman look like a fool at times. It was incredible. And the atmosphere at Scotiabank Arena was the best I've ever seen for a Leafs game, right? There's that combination of the first playoff game with fans in the building in two years, and they know that this team is so good that Mitch Marner finally gets the monkey off of his back in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. right? Scores his first playoff goal since 2019, which doesn't even 
like undersells how long it's been for him because he scored in like game one against Boston that year and then went scoreless for essentially three playoffs straight. Absolutely incredible game. And then the next game, Tampa Bay shows, oh, we're not done yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're still the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in that one, they got the Leafs to play more of their game and they mucked it up a little bit more after the whistles and the Leafs were involved and they kept on taking penalties. Wayne Simmons twice in the penalty box on bad, bad penalties. Mm-hmm. And then he gets or they score on both of them. So it's a tough situation for the Leafs from that respect. But I look at it as look at it as that was Tampa's response game. And yeah, they put up five goals at one point. It was five one. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like Tampa Bay dominated that game, especially from the outset. It was Vasilevsky who just kept them in it in the first period where the Leafs were dominating. And then the Leafs came back at the end and actually made it somewhat close. Mm-hmm. So to me, I look at that. If you're looking from a Leafs perspective, Vasilevsky is undefeated in games coming off a loss in the playoffs for the last two years. He's been absolutely incredible, an absolute wall in those games. You still got three past him, mm-hmm. you know? So if that's Tam- Tampa Bay's best effort in this series, if I'm the Maple Leafs, I'm OK with that. You know, you bring Jason Spezza back in, you lean more into your skill than your uh, your toughness for a game, and you see how that goes. I think the Leafs are very, very much in control of this series. Interesting, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it feels because, like, now they can, like, you know, have a little bit of a mental reset and be like, okay, Tampa got us to play their way in game two. Now they can be like, in game three, you know, Maybe not, you know, fall into their shenanigans as much. Like, I I know, like, you know, like, tempers get high and stuff like that, like, on the ice. But, you know, I would like to think that maybe the Maple Leafs can, you know, like, rein it in just a little bit and, you know, try not to take as many dumb penalties because that was certainly a reason why they got into trouble in game two. But, man, Vasilevsky is such a good goaltender. And that stat about him not, like, like, being, like, like having win, I don't know what the what the word is right now, but you know, not losing basically coming off of a loss is incredible. One of like the most in, like insane statistics. He's just a bonkers goaltender, and the uh, the Maple Leafs are still gonna have to bring their all against him. But it has to be encouraging, yeah, to get three goals on him, especially two kind of in like a garbage time almost like situation at the end. Um, but that Kyle Clifford hit though, uh, really kind of like almost set the tone in a negative way for the Maple Leafs um, because it was what 10 minutes in less than that really uh, it was just you know it was not a great hit it earned him a one game suspension uh, I think the only suspension we've had so far of these playoffs if I'm correct uh, there have been other hits um, that have uh, garnered some attention but I believe they've only gotten fines yeah uh, this is the only suspension so far which is wild Considering Jason or Jared Spurgeon tried to break an ankle, mm -hmm. like, and what did he get? Like, he got did he get a minimum fine? I'm trying to the mat the maximum maximum, allowable. Thank you. Yes, thank you. In the playoffs, I guess goes down to twenty five hundred. But that I mean, if we're gonna punish Kyle Clifford's hit like that kind of hit that severely, I'm down with it. I am Mm -hmm. here for it to the ends of the earth. I'm there for it. Completely, you've got to be consistent. It was completely unnecessary, but. I will say, I don't think it was nearly as dangerous as it looked. Mm-hmm. I think it was just they were, hard. It was it a was hard, hard hit, hit into the numbers, inexcusable. But getting a game misconduct, the NHL usually, especially at the beginning of a game, considers that a one-game suspension. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-game suspension. Yeah, technically. Which, and in the end, in the playoffs, they count one playoff game as three regular season games. So I look at it, and I'm like, are you going to say that that's a six-game suspension mm-hmm. in the regular season? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, this is, we've talked a lot about NHL officiating. It just seems a weird one to, you know, put your foot down on when you let the other one of the, like, basically chopping the guy's ankles, uh, you know, let that, you know, go free with basically just a fine. So, yeah, I think that's that Spurgeon move, that cross check into the, into the ankle where Mm -hmm. the knee and toe of the skate are down on the ice and you have, space between where you could snap Mm -hmm. their tib fib or blow their ACL break Mm -hmm. an ankle. That's one of the most dangerous plays I've seen in like the last five seasons. And the Mm -hmm. fact that they just did a fine there. I cannot believe that that happened. What did you think of the hit on? Oh, who was it in the hurricanes Bruins game home campus Lindholm? Yeah. uh, 
Okay, yeah. So, but like he he didn't return to that game. I believe. Yeah, apparently and he's, he's not, not doing he's well. Not doing well. Yeah, uh, but sad, that was but... a clean hit. So yeah. you know we've seen some we've seen some uh violence and like you know just a lot of rough and tumble in these playoffs so far. But it, you know heading back to Tampa Bay, uh, that series is one one. Uh, do you want to change your prediction, Andrew? I mean, I still think this is going seven. This really feels like you know, a long drawn out series, but is, you know, do you want to change your prediction? Are you still, you know, you still with the Maple Leafs here. I mean, it kind of sounds like you were, but you know, I'm yeah. going to give you, I'm going to give you a little bit of leeway here just in case. But. I still think it's going to be Leafs in six. All right. All right. So, you know, that'll be, that'll be really fun. So uh, we're not going to transition to our like next segment, but we are going to talk about the predators uh, who got absolutely, uh, you know, demolished by the yeah, it was, avalanche. It was it was really it sad hurt to watch, honestly. That first <laughs> period. It was so bad. I We're mean, laughing, but it's not that funny. I know. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Predators lost, what was it, 7-1, something like that? It was 7-2. 7-2, thank you. I had the score in the dock, and then when you moved the dock around, uh, the score got lost, I think. Or maybe I didn't put it in. But regardless, it was bad. I think it was 5 nothing after the first period. Dave Riddich got... Uh, pulled after like 15 minutes after letting in those five goals. Uh, it was a disaster for the Predators. There was so much. I retweeted a whole bunch of like gifts and stuff. Like I think he like David Riddich ran into his goalpost and fell over at one point. Uh, he was like way out of his net. Like it was just it was chaotic and disastrous in the worst way. Obviously, things can change because we are talking about this game on Thursday and the Predators play the Avalanche again Thursday night. So who knows what happens by the time you hear this next, but I would like to think that the Avalanche are going to continue to be dominant. Maybe not as I, dominant, but... I think we know what's what the end result is going to be. Yeah, I, I, mean, I do. Uh, do, they, do they say who's starting yet? I don't think no, so. No, I, I haven't seen it yet, but... Oh, I would man. assume that they're going to give Riddich another go because yeah. you can't you know, assume that that's going to happen twice in a row. Mm -hmm. But also it could. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad. I really do. And like, it's just, we knew that like the Predators were one of those teams that was in like that, not to say they didn't belong in these playoffs because they did, they won their games, they won their spot. Uh, but there's a clear tier difference between them and the team like the Avalanche. You could not be, I think, further from each other in terms Seriously. of like the tiers or like, you know, the power levels basically of these two teams coming into the playoffs. And Saros's injury just made it all the worse. Like it, you know, with, with UC Saros, they would have at least stood a chance in some of these games. It would have been closer. The Avs probably yeah. still would be the favorites here, but you know, Saros has a tendency to steal games and you know, it's a playoffs goaltending can be voodoo and you know, you can get, you know, it's very, it's very possible that Saros could have done it. Yes. But, you know, at least made the series go longer. Yeah. And we, we talked about it, Mary on our season preview episode that, it's it kind of sucks and it's un, it's understandable. It's the way it has to be, but it kind of sucks that you have a team like Nashville that had no expectations heading in this year of making the playoffs from an outsider's perspective. Everyone pretty much except, expected them to be terrible, like in that mid range of not making the playoffs, but not getting a lottery pick with no prospects to look forward to. And then all of a sudden they have this fantastic season career years all around and they make the playoffs and their reward is. The Colorado friggin' avalanche, and it's playing out like we thought. Yeah. And it, it's it's yeah. sad to watch, but also I'm just like, okay, next round for them. Next round for them. Yeah, this is, I mean, the avalanche have so if they I'm gonna say if because I don't wanna I don't wanna disrespect Nashville too much here. I feel bad for kicking them while they're down. But you know, if the avalanche win this series, who would their next opponent be? The winner of not Calgary, Dallas. What's the other? What's the other Western Conference? Uh, not uh, Edmonton. Uh, no, it's not Edmonton, no, LA. Not Edmonton, it, LA. Uh, Minnesota, St. Louis. Minnesota, St. Louis. Oh man, that series has been good too so far. Between you know, uh, another one that flipped back and forth. Just yeah. Like right. Blowout yeah. for St. Louis in the first game, shut out, and then the next game, 
you know, Kaprizov hat trick, Joel Erickson hat trick that gets called yeah. back on an offside review. Can we end that garbage already? <laughs> At least end it for the playoffs. I know you, I know that's such a weird thing, but like, people threw on, hats. The yeah, it's so sad. It wasn't a hat trick. It's so sad. It really is. But, you know, that series is tied up. I mean, Kings, uh, Kings Oilers is tied up after the Mike Smith fiasco of game one. Uh, he pitched a shutout in game two, I believe, right? And you know, yep. they they you know, shellacked the Kings. I think it was like what five, six, nothing, something like that. Six so, nothing, yeah. yeah, six, nothing. All right, yeah. So, it's just been, it's been, there's been some back and forth series so far. Um, you know, we'll find out uh, Thursday night if you know some teams take leads, uh, uh like two nothing leads, or if you know, series get tied back up. Uh, but that'll at least do it for this section of playoff stuff. We're going to talk about pens, caps, uh, pen, not pens, caps, pens, rangers, uh, because, you know, we might have a couple of feelings on that uh, in a few segments from now. But sadly, we're going to have to bring it down a little bit and talk about uh, the news that came out that uh, Mike Ribeiro uh, was uh, arrested on two counts of sexual assault. And that'll be coming up right after this. Well, maybe say a content warning for all as well just yes we, of course we yeah. said what it is but also just in case you're only half listening content yeah. warning please yes before i transition to my ad please please <laughs> you don't have to listen to this segment if you don't want to we just wanted to bring it up because it's important to talk about but please yeah. uh you know skip to i don't know we're probably gonna talk about this for like 10 15 minutes so please skip past that and you can continue on your playoff uh stuff uh but that'll be coming up right after this Summer is coming, and with summer, you have, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so that you're fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried Built Puffs yet? We're going crazy for the puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. Sign me up. If that's not enough flavor for you, then you want to try the Mix Box. The Mix Box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Built Bar makes sure that there's something for everyone. And you know what my flavor is? My favorite flavor is it's double chocolate. Because you can never have enough chocolate in your life, honestly. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go to Built.com to get all of your favorites. Banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're all delicious. New flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making the Crosscheck NHL show your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Andrew, it feels weird transitioning out of ad reads and all of the fun playoff stuff to talk about some really unfortunate uh, and sickening news, uh, but we're going to do it. And again, if you missed the content warning, please, is we're going to talk about sexual assault and things of that nature. So please, if you don't want to listen, you don't have to take care of yourself. Skip along to the next section. Not to ruin it, but when you say things of that nature, I always think of Stephen A. Smith and the crab rangoon mean meme. And <laughs> bring it up slightly before bringing it right back down. I, yeah, I know. Uh, there's no real easy way to talk about this stuff, Andrew. No. There really, there really isn't. Uh, but we're going to try and give it our best. So uh, I believe on Wednesday is when this uh, when this article came out that the Dallas Morning News reported that former NHL forward Mike Rivera was charged with two counts of sexual assault on April 13th, uh, with the charges being filed in Franklin County, Texas. Um, Going to go. Not into a whole lot of detail, but uh, he was he allegedly sexually assaulted two women on June 23rd, 2021, uh, using his finger in the assault of one woman and his sexual organ on the other. He was reportedly arrested on April 28th, 2022 and released on bond set at $200,000. So uh, this is not the first time Ribeiro has been in uh, sexual assault or has been alleged of sexual assault. 
um, because I believe uh, in 2012, uh, he was sued along with his wife for sexually assaulting the couple's then nanny. Um, I believe the case was settled out of court if I looked it up yeah. correctly. Um, so, yeah, this is another shameful thing in the world of hockey. Um, uh, when you linked this to me, Andrew, last like late last night, because I didn't see it earlier because I was busy. Um, I was like, wait, he was already uh, accused of sexual assault once. Uh, and I was right. It was the same person. Uh, he hasn't played in the NHL in a handful of years now, right? Uh, more yes, than that. Yeah. Uh, it's been some time since he's played in the NHL, but he was he last played, I believe, with the Predators. Maybe only them. I don't remember his full NHL career. Uh, but this sucks, Andrew. Uh, there's no real, there's no real, uh, else way to say it. Uh, it is, um, a shame and I hope the women, uh, suing him, uh, get their justice and it's just another, just another blight upon the NHL, really. Yeah. Uh, even if Ribeiro is a former NHL player, um, cause I believe he retired right he yeah 2017 have. was his last year thank you that 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 feels like it's been forever ago 2017 is just a completely other world for me right now but yeah i mean even even if that's the case like you know it's still quite a black mark on the nhl here yeah i think where i am with this is this is something that's been an issue with ribero his entire career and we only have two i mean i say only <laughs> stupid that we have more than one where he isn't taken off the streets essentially, but we only have two uh, documented cases of sexual assault from Mike Ribeiro, which are very clearly credible because the police just don't make arrests very well in uh, these situations. And the other one, he clearly had to settle out of court to silence his former nanny I highly doubt that she made anything up because this is a player uh, when he was with the Montreal Canadians had a reputation and there was a lot of consternation back in like 2006 when he was traded away from the Montreal Canadians to the Dallas stars because they traded him at an enormous loss. It was, it was a terrible, terrible trade. He went on to be, you know, a, a pretty solid second line center for Dallas for a long time. Whereas, Yanni Ninema was the guy that Canadians got back and he was a washed former top four defenseman. He was terrible. I don't think you can look at Mike Ribeiro's history and not realize that people knew. And that's why he was traded. Dallas knew that's why he wasn't kept there, right? He went to the Washington Capitals for a year. He went to the Phoenix Coyotes for a year. Then he went to the Nashville Predators. By the time Nashville had signed him, I believe he was on the Phoenix Coyotes when the nanny stuff came out. Nashville knew. Like, I just, you cannot convince me that these teams who do their due diligence on players didn't know. I think the Canadians knew, and that's part of why he was traded. Mm -hmm. We heard talk back in the day about like locker room rifts or whatever, but he was a known guy for this kind of stuff around Montreal in 2005, 2003, like his whole career, essentially. It's wild that the NHL just enables these types of people over and over and over again, because they're good at hockey or, or decent at their jobs. Like we talked about Kyle beach so many times mm -hmm. and how his predator was enabled over and over again by the Chicago Blackhawks silenced, uh, the, the Kyle Beach was silenced. The, the case was silenced for, geez, like over a decade. Mm -hmm. And then he goes and works with kids and ends up in jail. I hope Ribeiro ends up in jail mm -hmm. in, in this situation. I, If he doesn't, obviously, the only recourse for these two victims would be to sue him financially, which mm -hmm. if they do that, I hope they clean him out completely. But... I'm honestly at a bit of a loss for how little the NHL gives a shit about this. Mm -hmm. And like shame on every team that signed him, honestly, because I, I just I do not believe 
with the resources that NHL teams have at their disposable disposal, sorry, maybe Phoenix because they have no money. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we'll give them a pass on this one thing. The National Predators had to know. Mm-hmm. I would assume the the Washington Capitals also knew. I would assume the Dallas Stars knew, and that's why they were able to, you know, do that deal for a player who would be about a point per game player for them for the next what five or six years for a player who was never going to be on the roster the next year anyway. <laughs> like you don't get that good of a trade unless you know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So I look back at this and I think of how many people were involved with Mike Ribeiro's career who knew who are still in the league today. And it's mm-hmm. probably an absolute ton of them. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that like I, it's been so long since, you know, we talked about him in terms of like, you know, the wider hockey community uh, because he hasn't been in the NHL for a long time. I'd, I'd completely forgotten that he had played over a thousand NHL games. Maybe this is because uh, he started his career in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I wasn't uh, a big hockey fan back then. So like a lot of his, like uh, most of my memories like concerning him were when he was on the predators for that very short period of time. Uh, so a lot of like his career kind of passed me by in terms of my hockey fandom. Um, but I think if the Kyle beach thing proved anything is that NHL teams uh, want to win at any costs. And yeah. uh, looking back at uh, Rivera's history in terms of like his point production, he was good hockey player real good hockey player had 100 or 793 points in those 1074 games uh you know uh, i mean you said it about you know when montreal traded him they traded him at a loss um so it nhl teams want to win and uh this is just at least the next documented case of them possibly ignoring things um, in order to get a good player. I mean, we, we saw it this year with um, uh, Evander Kane, who's mm-hmm. got a lot of things up in the air with him. Um, there's, there's, you know, we talked about the Evander Kane stuff, but the Oilers signed him, and, you know, now they're in the playoffs. I don't know how many points he has this year with the Oilers, but uh, you've seen it. We're probably, I hate to say it, we're probably going to continue seeing it, even after all the Kyle Beach stuff, uh these NHL teams want to win um, and there's not going to be any recourse for them outside of, you know, fans, you know, going up in arms about it. I mean, I've known people who were Oilers fans, uh, but are not anymore because of the Evander Kane stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So unless there's punishments for this kind of stuff or, you know, mandates from the NHL about this kind of stuff, it's, it's going to keep happening unless, you know, teams, you know, take a stand uh, and do what's right here. It's just hard to say that they will because they haven't really done that. Well, you we don't hear about that kind of stuff. We always you always hear about the negative stuff. You're not going to hear about that other like the kind of stuff for people like standing up for what is right and whatnot, unless it's a very special circumstance. It's just it's a shame to talk about. It really is. And like I said, I hope those women get justice. Um, and it's just. Just another failure on on the part of the NHL in terms of overall um, how their you know public perception you know what their teams possibly did possibly knew about him during his career. So it is just a big old shame, and it sucks that we have to keep talking about this, but we're going to continue to have to because it's not really going to stop in the NHL unless you know they put up a united front to stop it and. They have to keep yeah. their feet to the flames. Yeah. Yeah. That's also true. Yeah. Um, I mean, nobody's really giving Chicago a pass anymore. Uh, and probably not for a very, very, very long time. So it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, you know, do your best to take care of yourselves, but, you know, keep those in power accountable, all that stuff. But I think first and foremost, you know, take care of yourselves, be good to each other, all that kind of stuff. 100%. So. All right. And if you see something as a, as a man, mm-hmm. uh, I just have to say, if you see something, you have to say something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be as egregious as sexual assault. It's when your friend makes a joke that you know is wrong. Just say, hey, that's not cool. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we have to fight this behavior at every level. And it's not just hockey. Yeah. And it's so rare for guys to call each other out, even softly, for mm-hmm. stuff that just is not okay. And the more we let it slide, the more behavior like this becomes enabled. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a slippery slope situation so much as a normalization situation. And people like this don't get to operate in society unless we accept it. And for too long, we've accepted it. So yeah. we, it's, it's on men to figure this shit out. Yeah, I think that's a good way to end it. All right. <sighs> Again, with the weird transitions, I'm so sorry. It's never going to get any easier, but we're going to transition out of this topic and continue to talk about the NHL playoffs with the Penguins and the Rangers and uh, first major overtime we've had of these playoffs. Uh, and that'll be coming up right after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting, stats, and sports info. Find out the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, NHL playoffs, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. From live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, Andrew. So... Shifting back into the playoffs now, um, Pens and Rangers went to triple overtime. That uh, game was awesome. It was awesome. A handful of days ago, first game of that series, we got our longest overtime of the playoffs so far. Uh, it was a triple overtime affair between the rain, uh, pe- Penguins and Rangers, and the Pens won 4-3. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening in this game <laughs> uh, between uh, uh uh, Casey DeSmith going down with injury in what was it the the second overtime and Louis Domingue yeah. coming in uh, to the you know called off goal for goalie interference that would have put the Rangers up four three and possibly ended the game in the late third but that was called back on goalie interference. I guess we'll start there, Andrew. After you know you talk about how awesome this game was uh, leading up to that point because that was the first pivotal moment in this game in terms of like. You know, got a lot of people talking. I mean, the Rangers took an early lead. I believe it was like 2 nothing, And then Penguins battled back. And Rangers took a lead. Penguins battled back. It seemed like the Rangers uh, took a 4-3 lead. But it was called back for goaltender interference. Andrew, what say you on this topic? I Unfortunately, this game, I only got to start watching in overtime. Ooh. So I missed the goaltender interference call. I saw like one tweet about it that had images. And I was like... I that doesn't show me anything. <laughs> it didn't, I need to see a GIF or something. So I don't know if it was goaltender interference or not. I, I see that it's controversial, but I don't know. It was, it was one of those plays where no one knows what goalie interference is. It was yeah. called a goal on the ice. I understand why they changed it back, but it was also one of those plays where the Penguins defenseman kind of pushed. Um, I don't remember who it was to push the opposing player into Casey DeSmith a little bit. I think we should stop rewarding those types of goals and calling them for goalie interference because it's a problem of your own making. If your own player kind of pushes the opposing player into your goaltender, it's kind of your fault. Uh, I get why they they changed it, but it's one of those things where can we stop rewarding that? Because it's really dumb when, you know, defenseman or whomever is caught back on that play, you know, gets... Uh, you know, gets their mistake rewarded, basically, because I believe it was Brian Dumoulin that did it. And he was the one that had like a really that really bad defensive play that kind of led to that possible goal that didn't happen. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I was like, NHL, please figure out what goalie interference is so we can stop having this argument. Right. They're never going to do it. I mean, I saw goals called back this year where they the same team pushed a guy into their own goaltender and they called it goaltender interference. And I've seen goals stand where a guy pushed a guy into their own goaltender. There doesn't seem to be any consistency whatsoever. I feel like we had more consistency last year, which is stupid (laughs) because it it shouldn't change year to year Mm -hmm. that much unless the rule changes. But this year has been absolutely wild. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Like there was one, Earlier this year where I watched a team where they pushed the player, yes, but they pushed him across the front of the crease Mm -hmm. and the player like pivoted and jumped into the goalie and they were like, oh, it's not goalie interference because he was pushed. (laughs) 
It's like, but he, he was pushed that way mm-hmm. and he went that way. What are you talking about? Yeah, I think what we I think what we want is just more consistency. The goalie interference has always been, or at least, you know, more recently has been no one knows. No one knows what goalie interference is. Just uh, a coin flip. Yeah, it is. And it shouldn't be, especially in playoff games. But you know, yeah. we get to that point, then we go to overtime, then so good. Casey DeSmith gets injured randomly. Suddenly the game is stopped because you don't there's no there's no like major stoppages in overtime. It's commercial free. That's one of the best things about the playoff overtime is just it keeps going. Um but suddenly there's a stoppage and Casey DeSmith is leaving the ice and Louis Domingue is coming onto the ice and it is uh pandemonium uh and yet another penguins goalie is injured uh looks like DeSmith is out for at least game two um so by the time you guys hear this you will know who has won game two because that is on thursday night but the rangers uh you know now have to face louis Deming in net uh and weren't able to get a goal past him in overtime uh and then the penguins win four three did you see the quote from louis Deming afterward that he had some sort of like yeah, between, spicy pork and broccoli. Yeah, in between overtime periods, because you know he, you you have to also, keep your energy up and stuff like that. He ate spicy pork and broccoli. Uh, in between what the first and second overtime. Yep. Not knowing he was going to be called in. Uh, so now it's just kind of been a cute little cute little thing that has uh, transpired, and you know, a neat little story basically from all this. Yeah. But go on. He also didn't believe the refs when they said yeah, that yeah. he was going in. He was like, "What are you talking about?" No. <laughs> it's like no you're going in now. It's, you're it's your responsibility now i i find that absolutely wild to be called on absolutely cold you've been standing or sitting for four hours because mm-hmm. he doesn't even get to sit on the bench yeah right yeah. he's sitting in the tunnel mm-hmm. for four hours and then you go in cold and double overtime and you make some big stops frankly yeah like he was great. I, I think it's a it's a fantastic story for him. He's it's the second playoff game he's ever played in. Also came in relief the last time, and also made saves on every shot. So he is undefeated and unscored on in playoff hockey in his career, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and it'd be really fun if he actually had a shutout against the Rangers in game two. It would be. It is. It oh man, the, the narrative would be incredible. the narrative would be awesome, and it'd be typical Penguins because this always happens to them. They they always seem to luck into the next Mark Donk, right? But yeah, this they, time they he's a goalie. Seem, they always seem to luck into the most favorable outcomes, even though you would think they are unfavorable to them. They somehow luck into favorable outcomes. And I got in like I was on Twitter. I was like, this, the Rangers are the luckiest team in the NHL, and you cannot tell me otherwise. After you know all their like runs in the playoffs and stuff like that they have had things that should have torpedoed them but for some reason it they don't get torpedoed and you other mean like when they killed them. carrie price in 20 2015 or 2014 yeah like it just they things keep happening to them and they're able to take advantage of it uh i mean this is still a good story lou Deming is a cool guy fun guy seems like a nice dude uh awesome story uh it really solidifies how vulnerable the goaltending uh, has been this year just in the NHL. I mean, you know, Anti Ronta went down. Yeah, Carolina's uh, on the third string yeah, as well. Yeah, Both Carolina. teams that entered the playoffs, well, I guess Nashville's there as well, but Nashville's also onto the third goaltender. They announced Connor Ingram is starting tonight. Ooh. So every team that came into the playoffs with their backup is now onto their third goalie, it's which is scary. insane. Yes, it's and scary. super fun, but. Mm-hmm. Bad for goalies, you know. You don't but want them to get hurt. Carolina is at least weathering the storm pretty well because yes. they're up to nothing on ah, Boston. Nice one, uh-huh. nice one, Mary. Yeah, uh, <laughs> your prediction isn't looking so hot because I thought you. I think you had Boston, right? I did have Boston. They are not looking good at all. In I'm going to call that one a reverse jinx because I don't like Boston. <laughs> so fair enough. <laughs> you, you you can win either way, Andrew. You can win there either you go. way. Either your prediction is right or Boston loses and you're happy either way. Uh but yeah, it's been it's been a tale of goaltenders in the playoffs so far in terms of just like bad luck, uh injuries, uh stuff like that. But yeah, I mean Penguins do have a leg up on the series as of Thursday as we're recording. But they've still got a long road ahead of them. They're gonna have to be able to like Louis Domingue isn't going to be able to do it all on his own. He's going to have to get some support from his teammates. I mean, he's got a perfect playoff record uh, and save percentage and all that, but it is, I, I think the Rangers are going to realize that they have an opportunity here, Oh, for um, especially sure. because they're at home. And then the series flips back to Pittsburgh 
uh, for the next two. So the Rangers have a real opportunity here. So we'll see how that uh, shakes out. But I think that's all in terms of like playoff hockey. And there's anything else you wanted to talk about. I think we've kind of run through all of the major streets. We didn't really talk about the Flames because their first game was a one nothing. Right? Yeah, it was a boring game. But uh, the yeah. last thing I wanted to mention on the Penguins Rangers series or game the first game was just saw a lot of people on twitter talking about how like playoff overtime is actually terrible and <laughs> it's just sloppy and the only reason people like it is because it's like intense because the next goal wins and i don't know what game those people were watching because mm-hmm. it surely was not that game that overtime was awesome there were great scoring chances on both ends yeah the players were tired and sloppy because that's what happens as part of the fun but it's not like they were playing this like chess match defensive game like players were breaking through and getting good shots it was really really fun to watch so i think kudos to those two teams for not playing that way and not trapping the hell out of it because mm-hmm. i think the game is trending in a good t- direction in terms of entertainment and there are just certain people around this game that they don't want to believe that it's trending in the right way so they just say things <laughs> as if they're generally true but don't apply to the moment. And I just like when people I respect say stuff like that and they're clearly not watching the game. Mm-hmm. I just like my respect drops, mm-hmm. you know? So definitely if you're going to comment on it and say something's boring, pay attention first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. Uh, I think the only other shoes we didn't talk about is uh, the Capitals are up one, nothing on the Panthers that could very well change because like I said, they are playing tonight, Thursday night, but as we're recording, that's a little bit of a shock. Um, yes, it is. But I don't think this Panthers defense or Panthers offense is going to be held down uh, for that long. So we'll see. We'll see if, you know, they make a resurgence here, but uh, capital is at least surprising a little bit so far in the early goings. But uh, I think that is all for our playoff talk. Uh, We're going to uh, transition over to our pop culture stuff because we've got some star Wars to talk about. I don't know what Andrew's bringing to the table. Uh, I think Marvel stuff. Uh, So we've got some cool stuff to talk about in our pop culture segment as we end off the week. And that'll be coming up right after this. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything in you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in your in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you? Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Andrew. So pop culture stuff. Uh, I was bringing to the table the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer because we got a new trailer for that series. Uh, I know we talked, I think, the last time that they, you know, they released a first look uh, that were, you know, sad it's on Tatooine because God, please get away from <laughs> Tatooine, <laughs> please. I've had enough of seeing that same sand over and over again. But I don't know. Some of the shots in that trailer were visually gorgeous. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing um, how they try and differentiate um you know this series a little bit i mean you've got of course you know the darth vader teaser the inquisitors uh you know sith lightsabers uh you know um luke's foster dad was his name owen uh calling out obi-wan kenobi uh you got a lot of good stuff i'm really excited for that series and that's coming out at the end of may i don't know if you saw the full trailer uh if you had any thoughts but uh i'm really looking forward to this because I don't know. It's got some, it, I don't know. I know we, you know, want to move away from the Skywalker stuff and Star Wars and stuff, but I think this is going to be good. I really hope it doesn't disappoint. What about you? I don't mind if they do Skywalker saga stuff, if it's good, you know, <laughs> I just want them to produce good content and yeah. this looks really good. Um, I am really excited for it. 
I think the like building of Vader towards the end of this trailer, like we talked when they released a teaser before that they purposely didn't show Vader. And I love that. But now it's got like just the, the outlines of like his just, chest plate and his yeah, arm coming on. It's that like and the, the and the breath. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just it's, the, yeah. it's perfect. And I'm really excited to see uh, Hayden Christensen reprise the role and be Darth Vader really for the first time. Cause he was only in it for a second as Vader in a terrible scene in revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith. So really looking forward to it. I think the toxic section of star Wars fandom is going to be so upset with how this series goes just based on what they look like they're doing. I think they actually are going to focus on the legacy of failure of the Jedi. And I feel like until maybe the last episode we're not going to get much lightsaber action because if you watch Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. you will know that one of the main things that uh, helped Kane and Jarrus hide essentially as a Jedi was he never really used his lightsaber because they talked about how when the Empire was hunting down Jedi, like a lightsaber sent a signal to everyone who could see that's a Jedi, right? So people were like whispering and it's like uh, any dictatorship, right? They have a a whisper network of people who rat on each other. Mm -hmm. So it's that same thing with the empire is you would be found out and it'd be easier to find you. And you look at these trailers and you see Obi-Wan using blasters, right? Mm -hmm. I think he's not going to use his lightsaber very much at all. And I feel like the The people who just want to see lightsaber fights are going to be upset until we get the rematch between him and Vader. Yeah. The only lightsaber there is is what i said that sith lightsaber that one of the inquisitors is holding i don't know i don't remember who it was but yeah that's the only lightsaber you get and i was like this is cool because you know we haven't gotten a lot of like you know uh we've gotten a lot of jedi uh stuff and lightsabers and whatnot it's just nice to have the other side of it too it's really great like i said i'm looking forward to it i hope it doesn't disappoint uh i'm not going to be like obviously i'm not part of the toxic star wars part of the that that fandom but like i I don't know i want it to be good and you're right i just want good star wars content because there is um you know there's still a lot of like good stuff they can do overall with star wars and you know i hope it uh delivers uh but i think you're going to talk about uh moon knight next because that ended if you haven't watched it you don't have to talk about it but or you can bring something else to the table no i did i watched it it was really good uh just from the people who I know who have Middle Eastern descent, I just seeing them on Twitter reacting to it. Uh, it just makes me really happy because mm-hmm. there's a moment in this where one of the characters kind of gets, they become like an avatar of a God, which is what Moon Knight is, right? That's how he gets mm-hmm. his powers. And there's a battle in Cairo and mm-hmm. someone says, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she says, Yes. And she saw like a bunch of people who are just like tear emojis being like, oh, my God, the representation. Aww. And I, it's that's so fantastic. That matters. It matters. Yeah, It does, it does matter. And like throughout this series, I've just been so impressed by the direction and stylistic approach of the showrunner and main director, Mohamed Diab, who is Egyptian. I've said it a couple times on the show. I think he's going to be like the next Marvel it person. I don't know if he's going to direct another series or a movie. But I think he's going to have a very big career in North America if he wants it. If he doesn't, obviously, that's totally cool. If he wants to continue making movies in his home country. But I think he could be a a big star. Like he just it's incredible. There's one scene where in episode five, where it's like a very tense scene and there's like a a metronome going extra slow in the background Mm -hmm. and every tick of the metronome the camera angle changes Ooh. and it just makes you really uneasy and seeing like how, uh, how the character, like the main character, the protagonist feels in this moment of like, mm-hmm. he can't figure out what's going on, where he's supposed to look. It's just so purposeful in its direction. I really, really like the series. It's, also, if you're not a big Marvel person, like you haven't watched all the movies, there's almost zero connection whatsoever to the rest of the MCU in this. It's really a standalone thing. So if you want to just jump in, you can. You don't need to know anything about the MCU to enjoy this movie or not movie. Sorry, series. It's really good. And I don't know where I'd rank it so far on like the shows that Marvel has done for Disney Plus, but just 
on like a gut reaction to what I've seen so far. I have it around where I had Loki and I really like Loki. Yeah. So probably I would guess your top three because I would assume WandaVision first. Yeah. WandaVision, then Loki. And then like whether Moon Knight is better than Loki, I think it could be because Loki, I came into with an attachment already to Mm -hmm. Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Right. So you already care about that character. And this is just, it's such a different series. That's what I love about what Marvel's doing right now is things are so different. Like uh, Mm -hmm. Loki was very Dr. Who. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that kind of style. And it changed Loki's character completely. Um, WandaVision was an ode to like the history of television, which is so cool. And also again, an intense character development story. This again, very intense character study of Mark Spector, Stephen Grant. It's uh, it's really, really good. I think that there will be some maybe who criticize that again, it ends in like a fight between good guy and bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like I remember a lot of people saying like, Oh, I can't believe WandaVision did all that. And then it ended up being like a Marvel fight. Like guys, it's still super. It's still Marvel. It's still, like, superheroes. It, yeah, it's Come still on. superheroes. It's always going to end with that. It just is. It's like, it's like going into a JRPG and being like, man, they fight God again at the end. Come on. <laughs> like, you know what you're signing up for when you get into these genres? Like it's the what same. What do you mean? The, the final boss has three final forms again. Yeah. Why is he shirtless? What's happening? You know what you're getting into with these type of things. What like, do you mean so. I finished the game with 99 elixirs and never used one because I was saving them for that time that I was going to need them for sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so glad we're on the same wavelength here. But no, exactly. <laughs> You're also a, a hoarder of materials. In RPGs. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Who, who, isn't who uses a, them? <laughs> who isn't a hoarder of materials in video games, especially RPGs or JRPGs? Who, who isn't really? So uh, do you have anything else uh, you want to talk about uh, before we wrap this up, Andrew? Because it seems like you didn't want to talk about moon Knight until i just jogged your memory so no it's a it's that i was i'm so excited for dr strange tomorrow uh-huh. that i like forgot that i'd watched moon Knight, and i've just been so busy this morning that uh, i i just my thoughts have not been organized oh it's okay it's okay i mean uh yeah we're very excited for dr strange that's gonna be awesome my other thing is uh overwatch league is back i've talked about it before i i i, I sometimes occasionally play overwatch i used to play it more but you know there's a whole bunch of stuff with activision blizzard that sucks but i do like the overwatch league and it is our first look at a lot of people playing overwatch 2 which changes a lot of the game and stuff like that so i activision blizzard sucks but i still enjoy uh watching professional overwatch because it's they are much better than me it is just fascinating to me to watch and that starts today and it's just i don't know it's esports and stuff like that so uh but i think i think that's it next time though we're gonna have i think a big spoiler fest talk about uh dr strange so if that's okay with you andrew i figure uh, i figured you'd be down for that because you're so excited but yeah so just be on the lookout for that next week we'll definitely spoiler warning that for you if you don't want to be spoiled so but you can always come back later and watch it but that's all we have for you today on the Crosscheck NHL Show. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow us on your podcast platform of choice, from Apple to Odyssey to Spotify and YouTube, and write and review us while you're at it. You can follow the pod at Crosscheck NHL on Twitter, me at Mary C. Clark on Twitter, and Andrew at Andrew Berkshire on Twitter. Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL Show your first listen every Tuesday and Friday. We'll be back on Tuesday with some more Puck Talk, but now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. From first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from your local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.